Bam, we're live. He was on here for a second. Now he's gone. Tyson Bajan. I think this is, is this the first? This is definitely the highest level football player we've had on the podcast. What's going maybe on, man? The, How are you? Maybe the only football player. Just living the dream, buddy. Almost as good as you. Are you in a dorm room? Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm in my apartment. Oh, you have an apartment? Yeah, I live with two of my buddies, uh, about like 100 yards off campus. And, and how far is that from your dad? Uh, 20, 25 minutes. Do your, does your, does, do your mom and dad come by every night to make sure you're not like fucking around? Nah, I usually go up there. They don't really come in here. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah, my buddy smokes a lot of weed, so I tell him not to come in here. Dad, for your own safety, I don't want you to get contact high and start acting weird. Turn into like those California weirdos like your buddy Sevon. Yeah, exactly. You walk in the bedroom, get a hit of that shit, and you're all fucked up. <laughs> hey, th this is nuts. Let's just start with this. Um, uh, you know we're live, right? So don't say anything. Don't talk about marijuana or anything crazy like that. Um, gotcha. Let me see this share screen. This is absolutely nuts. Let's see. How many times have you watched this? Oh, dude, a whole bunch. That video is crazy. The noise after he the noise after he catches it is really the craziest thing. You mean from the crowd? Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, lot I don't. I, I don't even know if the volume's on on this. I don't know if people at home who are watching this live right now can see it. Yeah, that player's crazy. Hey, what are the chances of you getting injured in there? Shouldn't you like after you do that, you shouldn't be jumping around with all those giant dudes? <laughs> No, no, I don't. I don't. If to me, I don't remember any of that. I really don't even remember the play. Like after it happened, it was just like so crazy. It took like it, even after the game, I wasn't really sure if it even happened. Like it was just so crazy. The adrenaline was was wild. I actually had to run in the locker room and throw up after all that celebrating and stuff. It was it was it was intense. Your dad told me that. Is that is that um. I, I remember that there were CrossFit athletes right before the three, two, one go, they would start like yeah. acting like really weird. And then I'd be like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, fucking, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Is that, oh, yeah. did you feel that even before the play? Um, no, not, no, I wasn't really nervous before, but I kind of knew we were already, uh, in range to tie the game up. So this was just like kind of just a bonus play just cause we had a little bit of time. So I wasn't too nervous, but just after all the yelling and screaming, there was dudes jacking me up, grabbing me after the play, yelling and stuff. So what What do you mean this was a bonus? What do you mean this was a bonus play? You guys were losing here, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, we're losing by three, but right now where we're at, we're able to kick a field goal and tie the game up from where we're at, which is what everybody thought was going to happen. Um, so then this play, we're just trying to, you know, take a shot at the end zone. So I knew even if the play didn't work, we would be able to kick a field goal. Uh, but oh my God, you're the calmest dude in the world. I, I don't even know <laughs> yeah. how you, I don't know how you think like that. The, first of all, I want you guys to know who we have on here. This is my buddy's, uh, it, many, many years ago, I met this guy named Travis Bajan. I was making a movie calling Pulling John and I built a friendship with his dad and it's been a long, amazing friendship. His dad is one of the most amazing people I know and he's got all these little kids. And he was a weird, devoted dad. So when I would go over to his house, he was like always playing with his sons and he was super into his sons. And every time I visited, like 
we would jump in the car and be going to a basketball game. I think I saw you play basketball and football. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, no, I didn't see you play. I would go to practices because no, yeah. even if like we were making a movie, your dad would be like, no, we got to stop. I got to take my kids to practice or, <laughs> and, 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 and of course, if, an extremely dedicated mother too, but I'm not as good of friends with your mom. And then flash forward. I don't know. How old are you now? Uh, 21. So I, last time I probably saw you, I don't know. You were probably 10. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely, I was young. I was and young. Uh, I remember, I remember hanging out with you. Um, I remember you would be at the house um, with your camera and stuff. And, but I remember um, you put me on the guacamole at a Mexican restaurant when we ate, ate at, and you now I'm a big, been a big guacamole fan ever since. So that's kind of, Oh, wow. That's what I what? think of whenever, whenever, I, whenever I think of you. And your dad doesn't eat anything green. No, nah, no, nah, my dad eats a bunch of bullshit. It's against his religion, um, <laughs> yeah. which is which is funny because I used to think he's a fucking West Virginia idiot for that, and now like all the smartest guys in the room are like, "Hey, you should only be eating meat, and, and if you want uh, vitamins and minerals, just eat organ meat." And I'm like, "Well, shit, Travis knew all along." <laughs> the Atkins diet. <laughs> uh, uh, Travis uh, Tyson Bajan is a is a this is just copy and paste. Uh, Tyson Bajan of Shepherd University ranks first among division two football players in four statistical categories. And I'm, I'm not a huge football guy, but I'm assuming these are really important. You average 355.8 passing yards per game. By the way, I think this has changed slightly. I think this is a couple of games old. You pass for a total of 3,914 yards. Um, the total offense is uh, averages uh, 360.1. Hey, so let me, if you're averaging 355.8 passing yards per game, and 360 total. That means the running back's only getting five yards. No, that means that I'm only running for five yards. Oh, okay. Per okay, game. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, is responsible for 290 points. And I think I saw somewhere else you're over 300 points, right? Yeah. 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 So I think you're. I think you're talking. You're the stats you're talking about are from two games ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. And in high school, so here's another crazy statistic. In high school, you pass for 7,800 yards with 112 touchdowns. And I couldn't find where you were ranked among the best high school players of all time in the history of the sport. But I, I found a website where they did rank them by yeah. passing yards. And you would have been – you weren't in there. I don't know why. But you would have been the 42nd best high school player in the history of the United States <laughs> based on passing yards. Like and sad. just to give you a perspective, number fifty-one had forty-one hundred passing yards. Oh, nice! Yeah, nuts, right? That is crazy. Absolutely nuts. Okay, so you're back to this thing, this crazy thing. You're you're twelve and one going into this game, 11 and now and this one going into this game. Okay, eleven and one going into this game. You're yep. a junior. Um, at the college, does that mean you're going to play one more year? Yeah, so that means I have one more year. Okay, for sure you play. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like there's been like there's been scouts to come in and you know kind of introduce themselves and say they've been watching me and um, there's potential I can put my name out into like the pro level and get feedback on you know what I need to work on or if I'm if I'm a draftable guy uh, this year. Um, so that would be super cool, but I think for the most part, I'm going to come back next year, you know, try to continue to play well and then just improve on that stock and try to just see what happens. Okay. What about going to another college? 
Um, no, I don't really don't think there would be any any point in me just leaving for one year. I think I'm pretty I'm doing I've got some good stuff going for me right where I'm at. And, you know, we're playing good football where I'm at. So it just wouldn't it wouldn't really be worth it. Not a lot of schools are really looking for a guy just to play one year. Is is poaching frowned upon? Or is it just it again? It's all, is poaching frowned upon? Let's say another college wanted you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically you have COVID. Do you have COVID? I don't know. We get tested. Oh. But um, so um, it's called the transfer portal. So if I wanted to transfer, I would go tell my coach and athletic director. Hey, I'm looking to transfer. They would put my name in the transfer portal. Once it's in there, then any college who wants me is allowed to hit is allowed to hit me up offer me you know whatever but as long as i'm not in the transfer portal um there is no i can't there is no um conversations with any other coaches okay legally yeah 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 um i mean is that your basically basically the only shady i mean it's not even shady just i'll have like a whole coaching staff from another school follow me on just twitter or something and that's basically as crazy as it gets and 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 that makes sense anyway because just in case they're going to play you or even if they're not going to play you, they're like, hey, this guy's really good. Let's see how he moves. Let's see how he throws. They want to learn from you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, is that is that your Instagram? I just I just smashed your name together and threw an at in front of it. That is, yeah, that's my Instagram name, Tyson Beijing. Are you named? Did your parents name you after Mike Tyson? Um, dude, I don't even I don't even know. I hope not. But um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think they did. I don't think they did. I don't. I really don't know exactly where they got that name. Um, he was super popular. I mean, he's super popular now. But man, he yeah. was huge when we were kids. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, he was bigger than life. He 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 really. There was only just him and like Michael Jordan. There were no other like. I mean, there were other big stars, but they were like on a yeah. whole different. They were yeah. on a whole different stratosphere. Um, I I don't even know if there is anyone like them anymore. You know, like Tom Brady's not like that. Conor McGregor's not like that. I don't think there are any, at least in the United States. I mean, I guess overseas, they got that guy. What's his name? Rolando. Oh, Ronaldo, the soccer player. Ronaldo. Yeah. 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 That'd probably be comparable to like the Mike Tyson. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to play this one more time. And this is with 20 seconds left. Yeah, so there was 10 seconds when the play started, and then when he caught it and scored, there was one second left. And prior to this, prior, go back a minute in the game. Tell me about the last, tell me what happened just prior to this, like when they scored. So it was 31 to 27. We were winning. There's probably about three, three, four minutes left in the game. They get the ball. And, you know, it's a hard situation to them for them, too, because, you know, our defense has kind of been stopping the run, making them throw the ball. So they end up putting together like a three minute drive that scores with 28 seconds left in the game and they go up by three. And, you know, basically all the conversation within the team just leading up to that week has just been like, don't let this be the the, the seniors. Don't let this be their last game. Because, you know, at, at the D2 level, there's not a lot of guys um, that necessarily want to go play professionally. And there's not a lot of guys that really can go play professionally. So 
um, I kind of had it in the back of my mind where, you know, if we were to lose this game, it not only would it be the probably the last fall game these dudes ever play, but, you know, probably one of the last times I'll ever probably see these dudes ever again. So when they scored, I was just initially like crushed. But I knew we had a little bit of time and I knew um, that, you know, we would at least have a chance at a field goal um, if we would get the ball in good field goal range. So we ended up getting a good return on the kick. And then uh, the first play, we ended up hitting a dude across the middle uh, for about uh, 30 yards, which got us in that field goal range. So, so, so sorry. Let me go. I want to go back a second. There's 28 seconds left and then they kick the ball and the clock starts going down, right? Yeah, yeah. And you guys catch it and run it back a little bit? Yeah, we run it back a little bit. We get it to about 60 yards away from the Okay, okay. So, boom. We first play, hit hit this, hit this the receiver for about 30 yards. Now we're about 30 yards away from the end zone. Then that and is that, a sure, is that a sure thing now? You're like, okay, we can tie it? Like, what are the odds of making like, that field goal right there? I'd say I'd say fifty fifty. It would have been a long okay. field goal, but okay. we we definitely we definitely thought that our kicker had like enough leg to get it there. Just it's just a matter of would it go in or not. So um, yeah. So then that last play happened and everybody went crazy and I was just you know happy to get to see these dudes for another week. Is it um is is it a good throw or is it a good catch? I say a little bit of both. Uh, throwing on the run is definitely not easy, but I, I think you know. That catch alone in that circumstance is not an easy catch, but that's a bad dude right there catching the ball. What's what's fascinating is th- this is the first time I froze it. Every time I've watched it, I'm like, oh man, did he catch that inbounds because he's moving <laughs> so fast? But now look, yeah. he's nowhere even he's catching it and he's nowhere near yeah. the out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. He does end up, yeah, he gets a foot in. He's like definitely moving really fast. So he still is close to the sideline when his feet hit, but he definitely is inbounds. Let's double check. Wait, let's. Uh, what if? What if we just change the whole your whole football career by seeing he's out of bounds right here? <laughs> hey, so 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 he catches the. I, I know you're supposed to have both feet in bounds, but like he catches the ball. God, he travels so far. He has one foot, and then I guess that heel hits. But even if that foot would have come out of bounds, that's still in bounds, right? Because his body's. Well, all right. Yeah. So in college, in college, you only need one foot. In the NFL, okay. you need two. You need two. Okay. So did he get two feet? I don't. I really don't know by that angle, but um, he definitely did get the one foot, which is all that we needed. And so, I, who who filmed this? Um, I have no idea. It wasn't anybody like affiliated with with Shepherd or anything. There was like a bunch. Once you get in the playoffs, the national playoffs, there's camera people come from all over. So there was about probably 20, 30 people filming on the sidelines. So just I don't know somebody who was lucky enough to get that that good of a view. Yeah, they they hooked it up. Imagine if they wouldn't have been there. Yeah. This would just be a story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so have you thrown it right here? Can you tell? Like when do you, when do you think you're letting go of the ball? Oh, look at those other two guys on the edge are looking at you. So that means you've are looking at the receiver. Yeah. So that means they've already thrown it, right? Yeah, the ball is definitely. It's probably about halfway there. By this. Oh man. Yeah, look at those guys. So when you see those guys looking over there, you know that the ball's been released. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and then yeah, what's the guy's that, name who caught – what? Um, You said what's his name? Yeah. Josh Gonterrick. Is he good or is this the this – the, is this just completely lucky? Oh, no, nah, dude. He, he's, really, he's really good. Exceptional, and, exceptional receiver. 
So he's made you look good a bunch of times. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, he's you, a grown man. He's a grown man. Dude's got a kid and everything. Oh, Beast. shit. Beast. Oh, shit. Yeah. In California, you wait till you get out of college before you have kids, but I know you guys do it different <laughs> over there in West Virginia. <laughs> you guys hit puberty at seven and just start You guys start going. <laughs> Get in the coal yeah. mine. Play a season of football and straight to the coal mine. Straight to the coal mines. And then, and then these people on the side here who are going nuts, they're, these are people who are too cheap to buy tickets? No, so that actually, that pavilion is like where actually, I would say, the more rich people sit. Because in that pavilion, you can eat food during the game and kind of have your own little sectioned party while the game's going on. Oh yeah, look so they, at it. it is it's it's all it's the elite class. That's where all the Democrats yeah. are sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah, at exactly. them. Exactly. Look yeah, at them, little, good dudes. Little, yeah, yeah. And how cold is it? Um, it wasn't. It actually wasn't that bad. It was probably uh, low forties. Um, with, with a little oh. bit of wind. so it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. And what are these I mean, two guys saying? What's going on here? What's going on here? Every time I see it, I, I see this. What's this? What? So, all right. Yeah. So, 65. who is that little guy on your team? Shouldn't he get kicked off? No, nah, dude, that that dude, he might be the best player on the team. That's how okay. crazy. Dude, name's Ryan Beach. He's 5'4, white guy, and he's the fastest dude I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. He's the dude I threw it to the play before that we got the 30 yards that we were able uh, to throw that last play. What position is he? He's a receiver, so he catches the ball. But you said he's five four, isn't that? Isn't there like some rule in the in college football that like if you're <laughs> under five four, you're not allowed to be receiver? Nah. So he didn't have any offers out of high school, and we kind of we kind of got him like last minute. Oh, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusivity. You had to include like uh, a black dude, an Asian dude, and a short Armenian dude. Is that dude Armenian? <laughs> Holy no, cow, a- this is crazy. <laughs> got Muggsy Bogues out there. So that guy caught the pass before that. He caught that pass before. And not only has he caught the pass before that, he was he was our conference's uh newcomer of the year. Like he had a big year, he had over a thousand yards catching, uh over ten touchdowns. Like bad dude. Tyson, the, the uh, one of the guys who helps me with the show, Will, I sent him this video clip last night, and he looked you up. He's like, holy shit, this dude, Tyson Bajant, has won everything and anything you can win in football, starting back in high school. It's just – but, but dude, this that's your crowning achievement. That should I mean, be at yeah, the top yeah. of your resume. I can throw – I threw 1,000 yards to a dude who's 5'4". That should just be right at the top. <laughs> I I purposely chose a dude who's five four so the receiver can't get any credit. Holy dude. shit! No, nah, it's funny because you know his his like his wingspan is so tiny. Like any any um, there's been a a lot of times where I've thrown the ball to him where I'm like, oh man, like that's a perfect throw, and then he reaches his arms out. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, nah, he's so fast, and he's he's done such a good job. It's it's crazy because the other teams. The other teams, they see us warming up, they see him, and then it's like they have no clue what's about to happen as soon as the game starts. Um, Smallest guy in the NFL. I'm just going to – I want to see. It's, it's, it's got to be a kicker, right, or something? No, I think it might be a, it might be a receiver that plays for the Saints. I don't know his name, but he's tiny. The shortest player in the NFL all time was Jack Shapiro in 1929, 5'1", 119 pounds. That doesn't count. 1929. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, what the Let me what see. Was that dude? 
Whoa, okay, the shortest awesome. player of all time in 2021. Here we go. Oh, it's just shortest. Uh, I mean, this guy, this guy is the smallest, best dude you've ever seen, right? This guy, what's his name? What the guy you're playing with? Uh, Ryan Beach. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Beach. Yeah, you never seen it. You, I mean, the odds of seeing him. I'm five five, and if I see a dude who's five, I don't see a dude who's shorter than me every day. <laughs> yeah, and so no. to just even yeah. see a five foot four dude out in the wild who's like not in the circus is weird. Yeah, I mean, uh, when because when our when our coaches when they first told me because they kind of they kind of filled me in on like who we were getting and stuff and. This was right. They warn COVID. you. They warn you that a dude. No, like not, four not, is coming not, not necessarily warned. They're just going down the list of like, hey, these are the receivers that we have coming in. And uh-huh. I'm kind of listening. And he's like, yeah. And then we got this dude, uh, Ryan Beach. Um, his his film is like absolutely ridiculous. And the coach was sitting down. And he was like, but Tyson, like, the dude's this tall. And I was like, fuck. I mean, we. I mean, we definitely weren't thinking that he was going to come in and do like what he's done this year. And he's one of those freshmen that came in during the COVID year. So there was no football in 2020. So it was just kind of all practices. And we were able to really get an idea of like what he was good at and kind of how special he he could be. And and what's he saying to this guy 13? Is this one of his friends that he's like consoling or is this? Um, So 13, that's the dude who the ball got caught on. So he was covering the guy who caught the touchdown. And he was actually, if not probably close to their best player on the defense. And he didn't he didn't talk a lot of shit during the game. So, and I don't think Ryan talks a lot of shit. So I can't imagine that they're going at it. However, there was a bunch of fights um, after the game though, just because you know dudes on their team, you know they're in the same boat as us, but they got so many dudes who'll never play football again. So these dudes are ready. I mean, they're ready to go to jail. They don't care. Like they're ready to fight. Like there was one, there was one dude on their defense in particular that really like just swinging on everybody. Like it was his last time ever playing, you know, he lost in the most dramatic way possible. And you could just kind of see just how upset Matty was. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to a, I, I, I just made me, reminded me, I went to one time when I was out filming with your dad, your dad played flag football and he was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Do you remember that? I don't remember. The thing I remember my dad doing is uh, the softball league, and he would just he would just hit bombs. You got these dudes just whipping the ball up to him. Just, he would just he would just hit bombs. So your dad played in this. He played in this flag football league, and um, and we went there one time, and I don't remember there being any white dudes except your dad. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. he we get to the game. And the other team is warming up and they're all big dudes. They're all big dudes. They're all big like your dad. And if they're not as tall as your dad, they're wide. They look like just dudes who I don't, they just look like dudes who went to the, should have gone to the NFL, but for some reason they're playing flag football with Travis. And you know what your fucking dad does? I think he, he had like a navigator or something, some ridiculously big car. He drove out this before the game, drove out on the field into like their like where they're warming up in the center and rolls down the window and just talks some shit to him. Oh, good to see you, boys. I'm gonna fuck you up today. I hope you brought your 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 Kleenex. I mean, it was crazy. And I'm in the car filming. I'm like, this can't be safe. This can't be safe. (laughs) And then I think he lost the game. I think he got he got beat up pretty good. Yeah, I can't imagine he was he was that good in that flag football league. 
Um, when did you know? Um, when did you know that that football was going to be like pretty full time for you? Like, at what age? Oh man, I'd say I'd say probably my sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, I kind not not necessarily that I knew it was going to be full time. I knew it was what I wanted to do, <laughs> and I and I kind of knew that's what my family knew I wanted to do. And then, so I just kind of knew that, you know, no matter what, I was just going to try to be the best I could to set myself up and try to really, it was just trying to get a a college offer. And then I thought, I really thought like with what you said, how successful I was in high school, I thought I was going to get a really big time offer. I was a big WVU fan, which most kids that grew up in West Virginia are big WVU fans. So w what? What is that? What is what is that? Oh, uh, West West Virginia University. Okay. Yeah. So like big Power Five Division One football. I thought that's who I was, and I was waiting on those calls, but you know they never came. And I had always gone to Shepherd games, and I knew how amazing the atmosphere was, and that they threw the ball a bunch. So I didn't have any issue going there. And then. So Why didn't the calls come? Your high school career is nuts. By the way, your brother's high school career is nuts too. You have a little brother, Ezra. Who's who's like he he's this weekend you're going to the regional championships and he's going to the state championships. He is, during, yeah. They play and he's a junior in high school and you're a junior in college. Yep. Sir. Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, sorry, sorry. So why didn't those calls come? What did those dudes see? Like, are you too small? Are you too big? Are you like what's the no? Nah, I think it was. I think it was like I was right on the cusp of like dudes that you know they like. I was a dude that you know they may they may offer, but you know if they get this if they get this other nationally ranked dude, then you know they don't need to bother with me. So that was one of the things with WVU is that they ended up getting a nationally recruited guy to commit to their school that was in the same class as me. Um, Who is so it? What's it, his name? Man, I don't remember his last name. I knew his name was. Trey, Trey something. Is he there now? No, he's not there anymore. He ended up transferring. Well, they picked the wrong fucking guy. Yeah, it's funny how that works. But, um, yeah, those calls never came in. But then I came to Shepard, and then I just wanted to light it up every time just to give myself a chance. Because, you know, I still still know that, like, if it was up to me, I would just keep playing football. So – all it's been is just trying to put myself in the best situation so I'm able to keep playing football, you know, even when college is over. Your your dad, from from what I know, um, he he played sports for one very very specific reason. He had a really fucking tough upbringing. There was a it was. It was well for all kids. It's survival. Whether you come from the billionaire's home or not, you're doing stuff and you're compromising and you're figuring out what what the adults want from you so that you can get what you want, right? And yeah. um, and so your dad. Sorry, I text during the show. Sorry, I got a phone call from oh, a good no, friend. Good. Say, uh, I'm doing a podcast with Travis's son. Someday you won't be Travis's son. You'll actually be like Tyson Bajan. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So he had to work crazy hard, and, and hey, no one in the comments be like it's rude to um, text while you're doing a podcast. Fuck off. Um, um, so you, in, in one of the stories that stands out with me is, is like, hey, he he would tell he told me, hey, and I'm paraphrasing, 
if I was good at sports, then the other parents would then like me and I'd get invited to their house. I got warm meals. I got to shower. Like I, I, I got, it was like staying in a fancy hotel, you know, like when you know a rich guy and they put you up in a fancy hotel. So he yeah. knew, Hey, pursue sports as an avenue of like, just getting some better shit. You come from, uh, I mean, you're still in West Virginia. I'm sorry about that, but you come from two very loving parents and a crazy extended family. And whether there's skeletons in your closet or not, every family does, but you come from a really, from a lot of people's perspective, a really good family. It's like, it's together. You fight together. You love together. You have a place to go at Thanksgiving. You have grandparents that are just tripping balls on you, you know? So then what becomes your motivation? Cause I know your dad wanted you to, well, I don't know that he wanted you to play football professionally, but I knew he, he loved watching all you guys move and play. And he wanted to be like a huge part of it. So is your motivation, like, I guess like all, all of us just to, um, make your parents happy. Um, I definitely say that plays a big part of it. Um, I definitely feel a huge sense of happiness whenever I see my parents after the game and they're hugging and smiling and like, oh, you did so good. That feels that feels really good. Um, I'd say just my main source of motivation is just I'd say just my overall happiness and the way football makes me feel um, just I really love playing football and it's like I said, it's what I want to do and I'm happy when I'm doing it. So really just all the work that I've ever put in it is just cause I love it so much and that it, it is like, it's what I want It's what I want to do for as long as I can do it. Um, obviously my family loving to watch it is, is definitely a plus and I love making my father happy. And, you know, he's kind of, I'm kind of where I am because of all the things, like you said, taking me to all these practices as I've grown up, um, just kind of making me the player and the dude I am today. Um, but I'd say, yeah, overall, like making my family proud. And then overall, it's just like what I, what I want to do and what I think I'm supposed to do. Does your motivation change over time? Like as a kid, it's like, okay, I really want to make mom and dad happy. And then it's like, Hey, I want to do this to get chicks. And now it's like, wow, I actually really love this game. Yeah. I'd say it started off like, you know, you're, you're young, you know, you make a lot of friends playing sports. So that was obviously. That oh, was awesome. right. Yeah. Right. So I'm making a lot of. Friends so even if you don't want to go to practice, you know, Mikey's going to be there yeah, and you yeah, guys my, are going to like yeah. throw dirt clods at each other. So it's like, fuck it. I'm yeah. going. Yeah. Like my first, my first ever practice, you know, I meet my, my best friend who I'm still best friends with to this day. You know, my buddy Rasan, uh, we started playing football together when we were five and six. And wow. now we're 21. He plays basketball at South Carolina State, but you know he still lives in Charlestown. I live in Martinsburg. So whenever we're whenever we're home, we make sure we see each other. We're still texting all the time. Um, so it's just stuff like that. So it starts off, you know, I'm making a lot of friends. It's fun. You know, we were pretty successful. My dad was like a a youth coach guru. If he wanted a player that was really good, he would just get his dad to be on the coaching staff. And if his dad was on the coaching staff, that kid automatically got put on the team. So he was just doing shit like that. And we were winning championships. Um, then you get to high school, you start realizing, Hey, I kind of like this. I want to go to college and play this. Um, and I kind of wasn't, I wasn't very social in high school. It's just kind of football was the way I kind of expressed myself, uh, through high school and just wanting to get a, like an offer to go play college. So my parents didn't have to pay for college. Cause you know, even though I come from a great family, um, you know, they did a good job of not letting us see it, but, you know, I had an idea that money was tight 
And I didn't want to have to put that stress on my parents to have to pay for my college. Um, and then now, now that I'm in college and I know I have a chance to maybe play professionally after college, you know, it's the same thing. Um, I see my, my little, my two little sisters, my little brother, I'm, I'm sure he can go to college and play football and not have to pay for it. Um, but it, you know, my two sisters, they don't, they don't play any sports. You know, they're just, they just, they're not competitive. They're like my mom. They're just don't, not very competitive and nothing's wrong with that. But I know my sister doesn't want to go to Shepherd. And I know my dad doesn't want to pay for her to go to somewhere else other than Shepherd. So it's just one of those cool things where I'm constantly thinking of ways I can help my family and mm. just kind of help everybody out in the long run, make everybody happy. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, along with your motivation changing, was there an age that you realized, oh, shit, what I'm doing is dangerous? Or have you ever realized that? Like, do you realize that? Like, wow, um, this, is, this is gnarly what I'm doing. Or is it yeah, all you I know? It's, I think I, I understand. I think me playing quarterback has definitely helped out because, you know, you think of things like, you know, the, all these concussions and dudes getting CTE and you realize how dangerous football is, which really, you know, everything you do in life is, it's all risky. Like as soon as, as soon as, it, especially as soon as if you're, you're going to be good, especially if you're going to yeah, be good. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, yeah, even just as soon as you're born, everything's risky. So just being able to like understand that. And especially me playing quarterback, I'm not nearly taking the beating that say any that everybody else is like I'm take I'm definitely I get my fair share of times I get hit and times I get head butted by somebody else. But as far as um, as far as the danger aspect, I would just say playing quarterback is more stressful than it is dangerous. Um, just with the amount you got to be as mentally good as you are physically good. And that's just not the case for a lot of the other positions on the field. And. I appreciate how you're putting the quarterback, but isn't there a component to the quarterback that maybe you're not getting the the beatdown that the other players are that when you do get hit, like everyone, most people on the team know, okay, this play, there's going to be a hit and it's going to happen now. When you get hit, yeah. like, isn't it like more than 50% of the time you're like, where the fuck did that guy come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that is one of the stressful things where, like, you really have to put a lot of trust into, you know, your offensive linemen who are blocking for you. And because, you know, if you don't, if you don't trust them, now all of a sudden, instead of looking downfield for somebody to throw the ball to, I'm like looking to see if anybody's coming to crush me. And then, you know, all of a sudden somebody's streaking down the field wide open and you didn't see him because, you know, you're too worried about getting hit. But yeah, a lot of the times it is. You know, you get sacked, you don't necessarily see it coming. Um, I've been lucky enough to be able to move pretty well as soon as I see somebody and maybe not necessarily get out of those big hits, but kind of lessen the blow by just being able to move my body out of the way, maybe just even a little bit. Hey, it's crazy. I never even thought of it like that. So it, it so so the ball is snapped and you know the play. And let's yeah. say there's there's wide receiver there's there's guys running downfield that you're going to throw it to right and I'm guessing like there's yeah. a primary guy and then a backup guy right yeah well the edges it's a, a there's a concept going and I'm reading one guy on their defense if he goes left I go right if he goes right I go left and then we just kind of base it off like that okay and then there's a point every play where you're like fuck I've had the ball too long and. And, and yeah, that's kind of like, and there's fucking, it, it's like star Wars. There's bogeys. I know there's dudes out there. I don't yeah. know where they all are, but there's dudes out there and I've definitely yeah. had the ball too long. Yeah. That was kind of the, that was the case. Um, 
in that that game winning touchdown last week, I was sitting in the pocket. You know, the play wasn't for me to run out to the right, but I'm sitting in the pocket. All of a sudden, I'm kind of realizing my internal clock is going off. Like, hey, I need to get out of here before I get sacked and lose this game. So move out to the right. Dude kept it going, and then boom. But yeah, that that internal clock definitely is moving. Um, and it's not necessarily a fear of getting blasted as much as it is like if I don't move, you know, this is going to be a super unsuccessful play. Me- meaning you get sacked and you lose 10 yards instead of score a touchdown. Right. You lose 10 yards. And not only do you lose 10 yards, but that's 10 more yards that the field goal kicker would have had to oh. kick. And we were right. So we're all oh, instead right. of being the hero, you're a douche all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. wow. Those yeah. of you who are who are going to listen to this on iTunes and Spotify, you're missing out. I, I'm I'm single handedly no Matt Souza today, and I'm single handedly just keep running this clip over and over. That just you, you got to see, you got to come over to YouTube and watch this. It's nuts. What What's also nuts is is that you earn this. So you had in, in high school, you you had your two perfect seasons, right? Yeah. So you had two perfect seasons in high school. How many times did you win the championship in high school? Those those two seasons. So okay. Two state championships. And was that junior and senior year? Yeah. Excuse me. And then it's not like this is, it's not like this. There's nothing lucky about this. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I guess it's fortuitous that there were 10 seconds left and it was nice that your, your defense let them score at the last minute to give you an opportunity to do something great. That was really cool. Your defense to do that for you. Um, but shit, I mean, I mean, how how many times have you thrown? Oh, that that's another thing. I was listening to one of your other interviews. Is that the first time you guys have ever run that play live in a game? Yeah. So that play, we were playing the Notre Dame Falcons. That play was called Falcon that we had initially put in for that game. So yeah, how I weird is it, that? How can that yeah. be? That, that that sounds like a made up story. Yeah, it was kind of because I I didn't realize it, and then after the game. Uh, our offensive coordinator was talking to me about it, and he was like, "Man, how fucking crazy is it that we scored on the play that's called Falcon that we put in for the Falcons?" I was like, "Oh man, it's, that is a little wild." So that play specifically is for, "Hey, if shit's really bad and we need to score last minute, we're going to use this play." And, and they tell you that in practice when you're when you're practicing it. Yeah, so we put it in for a specific look that we thought that they would give us. They ended up not giving us that look. So, um, but the play uh, still worked. The play still worked perfectly, and if I would have had a little bit more time, the ball would have been out a lot sooner for a touchdown because he was open. But it was the fact that I had to move that you know really brought the, took the clock down and brought it to one second. And, and sorry, sorry if you said this already and I missed it. Was that the guy that was supposed to get the ball in, in the in that play? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, because on the I think I saw on the left hand side there was another guy who was like. Who had slowed down? Who was maybe trying to get the ball? How often do you throw to the guy, the guy who's supposed to get it, and throw to the guy who's not supposed to get it, like the backup dude? Um, well, I think it's basically it's it's fifty fifty every play, just because, like I said, I'm reading I'm reading somebody on their defense. You know, if he goes if he goes this way, then I know that I got to go to this side and I got to work one, two, to three. If he goes this way, then I go on this side. I got to work one down to two so basically it's fair game anybody's liable to get the ball uh any play how old are you when you start when they start teaching you that stuff and is that the way they do it all the way is is, is all football just all the same so like if you go to the nfl it's going to be the same um it'll be a little bit more complex i feel because you know that's what i mean that's just what everybody says um 
but yeah, I think it's, you know, it starts off in high school. My sophomore year, being able to get the start in varsity job, you kind of just that process starts where, hey, you know, it's not as complex as the things I'm doing now, but you get an idea of like how it works. It's basically just a, a number scheme. You want to work to the side that has less people than, than you have. And it's just, it just works out like that. And then, and then if there's a guy on their team, who's just amazing, like it's the guy who's leading in your conference with interceptions. Are you like, okay, I make a note of that. Or is it like, no, fuck you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even giving that paying any heed to that. Yeah. I would say, especially this year with just the guys that we have on the team and how good we are, it's, it's pretty much just a, just a fuck you. Like we're just gonna, I'm, we can't pay anybody more mind than they, than they, than they need. So just being able to work through it as if everybody is just equal. Is there anyone you're losing on the team? I, I, does it concern – like at the end of the year, is it stressful for everyone because there's seniors who are leaving? You're like, oh, man, this guy's so important. Yeah, I think that especially in college, I mean, you basically get putting together a new team each year. Um, so I'd say every year it's been stressful, and this year it'll still, it'll still be like, damn, like, you know, we're losing this guy or, you know, we're losing that guy. But I think every year – I think our coaching staff has done a great job of just replacing the pieces and um, just working with the new guys that we have coming in. What do those guys want to do? So, so like you want to play football your whole life. What do the coaches want to do? Do or do they have aspirations? Are like those dudes trying to get to like a D one school? Are they trying to be, get to the NFL? Are they? Is everyone yeah. there? And is every is every game just like a job interview? Yeah, I'd say it's different, especially at this level. Um, yeah, I'd say it's different for for a lot of the coaches on our team. Like, there's definitely coaches on our team that are built. They're ju- they're building their resume. Uh, they want to maybe coach high Division One football. They maybe there's coaches on our team that aren't the head coach that want to be a head coach one day. And um, so I'd say there's a lot of coaches that are building their resume to try and get you know a better job that pays more money that has more publicity that's just bigger bigger football than what's played at Shepherd and. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And then there's also coaches that have been, that have been at Shepherd for 15, 20 years that are just, that they love where they're at and, you know, their family's here and their kids go to school here. And you've got that whole aspect of things where people don't want to um, kind of put their family through that just because, you know, they want to have another job. Like our offensive coordinator from 2019, he comes in my freshman year, coaches me my freshman sophomore year coaches me through that covid year then all of a sudden brings me in for a meeting and says hey i took the head coaching job at eastern new mexico state university i'm out next week and boom it's just like that like him his wife and his him his wife his three kids they pick up they go to the other side of the country does that rock you does that rock you emotionally um it was that that was that was one of the ones where i was like because you know he was the offensive coordinator but he was also the quarterback coach and he was the quarterback coach ever since I got to Shepard. Um, so when he brought me in, it was kind of, we had, you know, I know his family. I've been to his house hundreds of times for reasons other than football, just, you know, because right. we're, we have a, you know, a friendship, a bond at this point. And he brought me in and he, you know, it was so upsetting uh, for him to tell me um, that he had, he had to take me into the coach, head coach's office. And while the head coach is telling me, I'm just, you know, he's, we're, He's tearing up. I'm tearing up. Then it's just, you know, you leave that, you have a whole heart to heart. And that really put it in my head to where, like, I know I wanted, I knew, I know I can be a good coach just with all the experience I have 
and everything I've been through, I know that if football, when football's said and done, I know I can be like a good coach. But when he told me that, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to be a coach. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to look at my future wife and kids down the road and say, Hey, we're out of here. We're going to the fucking, we're going to the desert. Like, just so yeah, it it, it definitely for an extra zero on your paycheck, everything changes. Everything yeah, exactly. Changes. Yeah, you'll, you'll feel so good buying your wife a new car and getting your kids clean clothes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you know about leadership? Uh, is is it always is it always the quarterback who's the leader of a football team? Um, do football teams say, have leaders. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. Every every good team at least has has leaders on the team that aren't a part of the coaching staff. <laughs> Um, but I would say not always is the quarterback, like, a like the leader, I would say he plays a big leadership role. Like dudes are a lot of dudes. Like if you're on a team, just say that, you know, relies on the quarterback heavily, you know, obviously his, his role and his, how vocal he is, is gonna, is gonna uh, have an effect on the team. But, um, I would, yeah, quarterback usually, you know, I'd say I'm definitely like the leader of our team. I'd say I was more of a led by example kind of when I was in my younger years, you know, 2018, 2019, you know, I'm 18, 19 years old. There's 23, 24 year old dudes on the team. You know, it's kind of hard to get through when it's a situation like that. But I'd say now I'm old enough. Um, people know my, like my body of work since I've been there. Um, so it's like, I've taken the more vocal uh, role as well as being able to lead by example and i think just you know with me doing that and other dudes that we have on the offense and defense just playing those big roles is kind of why we're able to win so many games uh, i'm gonna ask you a follow-up question on the leadership thing for those of you guys who don't know there's an award called the harlan award am i pronouncing that right the harlan hill trophy yeah yeah and it's it's the um division two um version of the heisman and there's 156 schools that uh, send in, I guess, I guess people to com- to compete for that trophy. And then there's like 96 guys who vote on it from all over the country, think, from all yeah, over your conference. I think, yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah. And uh, and Tyson's been nominated for it. And man, it, it doesn't. I, I don't want to jinx you, but it doesn't seem like you could possibly not win that. Uh, this isn't. Uh, you're looking at someone who's so fucking good at football and so committed to his craft. It's nuts. And and right behind him is his brother. Did you always, Oh, I got so many. I got to go back to this uh, thing about leadership and then we got to talk about your brother too. So, so um, when is that award going to be given? When do you find out like if, if you're the winner or not? I think uh, sometime later this month, I believe. Do you like want mid, that? Mid to late December. I think it would be cool. I don't necessarily think that it's something that I'm like going to sleep thinking about or anything like that. I really want to like, basically our whole, my whole motto, this whole like COVID year and this past summer working with these dudes is that just, um, just trying to win a national championship. Um, Cause you know, some shepherds never, ever done. Uh, they've been to the national championship, but they, they lost in it. Um, so I think um, being able to do that for the dudes on the team, I think would be huge, but definitely winning the Harlan Hill would be awesome too. You know, let's do both. Put it like that. 
is is uh, I'm not going to forget about leadership. Don't forget about leadership, Sevon. Is 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 winning the Harlan Hill Award the same as kind of this pass? Yeah, this pass is really cool. Yeah, it, it happened in a playoff game. Um, but but the real reason this is cool is because it's one more thing on your resume. Like everyone knows you're good. No one's like, oh, this guy's not good. It's it's already it's done. You're fucking. You have no peer. You're fucking amazing. But now, look what happens when this kid is put under an insane amount of pressure, and he can still perform. We already know that he can run the first 199 laps of the race as good as anyone. But look what happens when he's down, losing in the 200th lap. He'll actually try to pass someone in a dangerous corner, and you did it. And that's what's, in my opinion, that's what's really cool because it's like for the people who are looking at you, it's like, oh, shit. Like it's a tiebreaker, right? If there's another quarterback out there who's just as good as you, but he didn't have this opportunity or he bungled it, you know what I mean? He threw the pass out of bounds. They got you. And then this isn't, is the Harlan Hill, if I'm accurate in understanding that, um, is the Harlan Hill award the same thing too? Yeah, it's nice to win the award, but the real reason is, is you might get a mention on ESPN and then the fat guy who like, um, uh, who's sitting on his couch, who works for the Kansas City Chiefs, who's looking for football players, drinking one too many vodka tonics, sees you like, oh, I'll go, go out there and get Tyson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd agree with that uh, statement. It's definitely, it's a cool thing to do. It adds to your resume. Um, but I think the bigger, the bigger picture is, you know, like you said, that just so guys that are at where I'm trying to go um, understand that I am capable of doing these things. Right. That's kind of the reason that I'm playing. I want to go play professionally. And I think being able to win that award will just show that, hey, if you're going to draft anybody in D2, you know, let's go make make it me and let's do this thing. Um and it's also one of those things where, like, winning the Harlan Hill is also cool, but I couldn't tell you who won the Harlan Hill three years ago. And probably not a lot of people could. But what I could tell you is who won the national championship three years ago. So it's just thinking things like that where coach always, our, our coach always talks about just the individual stuff, your statistics, all that stuff is is great and it's wonderful. And he's happy for the people that, that get good stats. But it's not what you're going to talk about 20 years from now. Like you're going to talk about just those big games and those those big moments like you just like you just showed like you just showed the video. And, you know, if you do win a national championship, that's certainly something that will be talked about 20 years from now and nobody will forget it at all. Um, I, I, an interesting thing. Your dad over the years will send me like, uh, you know, newspaper clippings of your of what you're doing. And and I stopped watching football years ago. I used to watch football at, like every Sunday for like probably 10 years. And then I and then I stopped. Um, I was a Raider and Niner fan just as a little kid. And uh, and um, and he would send me these clips and I would watch and I would read and I would read the article and I'd be happy for your dad. And, and, and not, you know, not so much happy for you, like whatever, you're just a kid throwing a ball around. <laughs> but when I would talk to your dad on the phone, he never would talk about your football. You know what he would say to me? Huh. Dude, you have to meet my son, Tyson. He's the nicest, most affectionate kid. He is so fucking cool. He saves money, dude. If you ever open his wallet, he's always got a hundred bucks or 20 bucks in there. Dude, your kids have to meet my son. dude. And he never talked about your football. He only talked yeah. about your character. I swear, yeah. he never would like the 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 text would be football. But anytime yeah. I talk 
to him about you. It was all, oh, my son's so loving. Oh, you should see how nice he is to his girlfriend. Oh, you should see how nice he is to little kids. Oh, you should see, oh. And even after the game, I go, what happened after the game? I go, when you saw Tyson, he goes, dude, I'm the luckiest dad ever. Tyson's so affectionate. And like, <laughs> as a dad, I get that. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? There's nothing better than your son yeah. running over to hug you. And, yeah. and, and when he described, he said that, um, when you threw that pass, Ezra jumped on his back. Yeah. He loved that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so yeah. funny how dads are like, I could get that. I almost started like tearing up a little bit. I'm like, Oh my God, your son jumped on you. Like your big ass old son jumped on your back. <laughs> and that's what he's thankful for you for throwing the pass. Not because you're a great football player, but because you got Ezra to jump on his back and bring the family closer yeah. together. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, yeah. And another thing he told me I'll share with you and, and I go, and I've gone through this too. When you're spending so much time with your, from the outside, people are like, Hey, Sevon, get a job at Starbucks so you can have health insurance for your family and so that your kids yeah. are safe. But your dad and I, for some reason are like, we are, we just need to spend time with our kids. And so yeah. like we're, we're pushing against all the conventional wisdom. And so I haven't talked to him specifically about this, but I know a part of him is, is like, yeah, like it was more important that I stayed. It was more important that I plowed my own path yeah. to get to this. Like I could, if I would have gone the normal way, I would have had a normal kid Yeah, and I didn't go the normal way and I'm not normal and I didn't try to yeah. fucking be normal. And, 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 and it's only weirdos at the top. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah so exactly right it, it, yeah it's um and by weirdos i don't mean like go out and get a million fucking tattoos and put a giant bullhorn in your nose those aren't weirdos those are psychologically deranged people okay <laughs> um awesome. so 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 leadership um does someone tell you um hey you're the quarterback now you have to be the leader or hey this is how leaders talk they don't swear or um you need to go to church like how do you how does that get instilled in you? Like, what do you, I mean, I don't know shit about leadership and I'm 49. What, like, what do you know about leadership? And you're, uh, you have all these big, strong dudes who like, they're basically, they're all alphas, right? I know some people don't yeah. like that term, but it's all dudes who just want to be the best, the best man yeah. in the room. And you have to lead them. How do you do that? Or how do you know I, how to do that? I think it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to wear like, if you if you would ask, I would almost certainly put my life on. If you ask every player on the team who the captain, who the leader of the team is, that they would say me. And it's also this thing where, like you said, it's a bunch of alpha dudes who maybe wouldn't want to admit that, but I'm pretty sure that they would. And have to do over probably over half the dudes on the team could probably whoop my ass, right? But it's also it's a difference between that and then getting up. And looking at a bunch of dudes who are looking at you and telling them what they need to do and telling them what they what they've been doing wrong and holding them accountable. Not a lot of people. It's kind of like the public speaking thing. Like if you want to be a captain, a leader of a team, you can't be scared to talk to a bunch of people in a room. Like there's been countless times where I've had to kind of stop practice or stop a meeting because, you know, maybe there's somebody talking or maybe there's somebody, you know, that is continuously messing up the same thing over and over. And you kind of just have it's a it's that whole thing of not being afraid um, and not letting things slide. Like, if, especially if you want to be a part of like a special team, 
which I think we have something special going on right now. You need to have times where your coaches aren't the ones that are constantly holding you accountable, right? Because it's one thing like a head coach gets up, he gives a speech, he tells you, uh, you know, you guys did bad at this today. But it's another thing for a dude that's the same age as you that's on your team to look at you and say, dude, you keep fucking this up. Like, we're not going to be like, we're not going to go to where we need to be if you are continuously messing this up. So I'd say basically the biggest thing is being able to be vocal and not be afraid of it. You know, anybody can go in there and do go hard and during a lift or go hard during a sprint. But then it's a whole nother thing to be able to do that and be able to be vocal and tell people when they're doing good and when they're doing bad. So you have to earn your leadership. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, and, and do you fake it till you make it? Like the first time you do, you're like, oh, f-. like, are, are you in in a practice somewhere? And you're like, oh, fuck, I got to say something. Oh, fuck. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I think and you're like, I nope, think, sorry. Fight or flight. Got to fight. Yeah. I think, I think for me with the whole vocal being vocal part, cause you know, I was always in high school. I was kind of like, unless I really knew you, like really knew you, I was kind of awkward, like socially awkward kind of. So for me, being able to be a vocal leader, you know, it it took like baby steps. I would just, while we're in warmups, I'm like, just, I would just yell out. Yeah. Yeah. Just real loud. So people can hear me. They know I'm there. You know, I'm starting to get more comfortable with being loud in this weird setting where I don't really necessarily want to be loud vocally. And then just little stuff like that. Then all of a sudden getting the team, leading all the team breaks. So bring it in a family on three, give a little speech, doing things like that. Then it turns into motivational speeches before the games, getting the dudes hype. And then all of a sudden now, as soon as somebody fucks up, you don't even think for a half second. You're like, hey, hold up. Stop talking while coach is talking so that everybody can listen so that we don't mess this up when we go out and practice. Hey. Why weren't you you messing this up in practice? But I didn't see you take one note when we were just in the room an hour ago going over this. Like, we got to fix that. So it's just little things like that, just the baby steps that I took in order to get to the point that I'm at now. It, it's interesting. It's uh, so, so you hold people accountable, you make people responsible, and you're honest with people. It's funny, uh, and I use this example all the time. Sorry, but I work. There's the, the, the guy, Dave Castro, who runs the CrossFit Games. When yeah. you first start working with him, and he comes from the military, when you first start working with him, everyone thinks he's an asshole. Yeah. And then, and then, but once you realize you want to be leaded and you want to <laughs> be on the winning team, you realize it's just because he's holding you accountable. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's actually it's actually respect when someone does that to you. They're actually giving yeah. you respect. They're taking yeah. the time to look at you and be like, "Yo, tighten your shit up." Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's definitely important. I wasn't around you that much as a kid. I probably, you know, you know, at the house, I would see, I would see you when I was there. But you were quiet. You were very, very quiet. Um, you weren't boisterous. Your dad is not quiet, and it's interesting that um, now you're growing into it. And you're yeah. aware of, and you're kind of aware of how you grew into it. It wasn't on accident. You nurtured and cultivated it. You need, you saw where you needed to be strong and you started working on it. Yeah. I think, um, it's one of the reasons that I love what I, what I'm able to do so much. Cause I think, you know, without football, I don't know how much I would be able, I don't know how much I would yell. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just overall, just I feel like I would be talking at this volume. This would be my volume just throughout life. When I get on wow, the football it field. Wow, 
it gives you a reason to express yourself in a different way. Like if you would have ended up being a clarinetist, you probably wouldn't yell, but there'd be times you'd blow into that fucker as hard as you can. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, you know, if if you're in the stands and, you know, you're watching the game or even you're watching warmups and you're seeing me with my helmet off, yelling and screaming, um, clapping, getting these dudes hyped up, like you see that part of me. And I love being able to do that. Like I love when I get on the field, every all the awkwardness, shyness, it all falls off. And I'm with a bunch of dudes who who share the same goal, who want to accomplish the same thing. So I'm freaking out. I'm yelling, screaming, let's go, blah, blah, blah. And then off the field, it's it's back to this. But it's being able to release all that on the yeah. field. So I just I feel so good after a game. You know, whether we win, lose or good or bad game, I was able to just go out there and freak out for about three hours. And now I can chill and be cool with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a um, football's given Tyson Bajan, uh the uh, a place to express like the animal, a different side. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The side that doesn't yeah. get expressed when you're with your girlfriend. Yeah. Exactly. Do you have a girlfriend? I do not. Oh. Is that is that is that on purpose? Is that so? Like at your age, I'm guessing. Well, first of all, I don't know how you guys do it. Cause you you guys are so hard on each other. You guys require way too much communication. And like, hey, I texted you an hour ago. Why haven't you text back? That shit's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking yeah. nuts. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> never, you never want to be in that shit. No one should ever be elite. Uh, you know, my my phone used to ring in my house as a, as a little kid, and I would run over and answer it. And finally, one day, my mom's like, "Hey, you know that phone's for us, right?" I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, that phone's like not to, so other people can call you. That phone is so like, if you want to answer it, if you want to call people, you can, you're not obligated to shit. And I was like, oh yeah. And so we'd be watching TV at my house, eight o'clock at night, watching incredible Hulk or Knight Rider. And that phone would ring. And my mom and I would look at each other and I'm like, fuck those people. I'm watching. (laughs) And I feel that way about my cell phone too. Like, screw you. Like, like, I don't know you shit. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a weird thing where I like, cause obviously, you know, I love football. Well, when I think of like my, my life, you know, I see myself, obviously I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to do all that. So it's like, when I think of the fact that I only have one opportunity to do all that, I'm way more picky with, with just like, the whole social aspect of things. Like if I'm thinking I want to take a girl on a date, maybe like I've got to imagine like, all right, could this, could this woman potentially be the whole, like, could she, could she be it? Right. And just being able to figure that out while trying to play football and lead a lead of a group of 20 year old dudes to where I want to take them. It's, it's definitely, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but you know, not stressed. Yeah, out girls are cool. Yeah, it's a trip. Everyone and and, I, and we I've talked about this on so many shows because I've had so many great people on. But if you're gonna be with a great person, you have to be a special person. It's not um th- this traditional stuff. Oh, we're gonna have date night this night. We're gonna have this. We're gonna have that. Like, man, God bless my wife. Like, it's not like that. Like yeah. I view myself as a great person and it's like, Hey, if they call, if like tomorrow is your birthday or our anniversary, but they call and they're like, there's a film shoot in Africa. I, I don't even think twice. And if you make yeah. me feel even slightly as guilty for that, fuck you. Then you're not the right one. And, yeah. Cause I sure as fuck wouldn't do that to you. My yeah, that's, birthday yeah, or our that, anniversary, go fuck yourself. You would do birthday exactly, next week. That's exactly how I kind of 
feel about that. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of people that are like, and I've actually been in a relationship where it was like, why are you never texting me? Why you didn't tell me good morning? Like that, all that bullshit. And I'm really kind of thinking like, all right, everybody that I'm around with kind of does this whole thing, but I really don't really quite understand it. Like, let me know that you're okay. I'll let you know I'm okay. And then I'll call you maybe as soon as maybe I get some free time throughout the day, but I'm not going to think about with all the free time, any free time I get the other day, I'm not going to constantly say, oh, okay, let me, let me go type some text up and try to have a conversation with you about nothing. Like I'd rather just, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty, you, pretty good. Where that guy, uh, I, I, do you know what the Sistine Chapel is? It's like, I don't know where it is, but it's that famous painting where like the dude and God are like touching fingers. I think it's on the roof yeah. of some building. Yeah. Imagine you're, imagine you're that dude and you're painting that and you're, and you're on the ladder and your fucking cell phone rings and, and you got to come down and answer it. Fuck off. And then, and then you get down and your wife's like, you know, I called you 13 times. You're like, yo, I was having God's hand touch this other dude's hand and it's going to be seen around the world for fucking a million more years. And now you're it's, trying to it's, piss it's, me off. Now you're trying to piss me off right after I just did it. Yeah. And you don't think I would rather be at home laying on you naked, but I'm doing this and I'm getting in trouble. I'm painting yeah. like this all day. My fucking neck hurts and I'm in trouble. Like yeah, you would, exactly. you would, li, li, you're disrespecting your mate. Imagine if you're an indie, imagine you're D Daytona 500 racer and you're on lap 497 and your wife's trying to call you and you get in trouble because you can pick up from like you, if you're that kind of woman or that kind of man, just know you will never have anybody great. If you put demands on, because, because they can't win the Indianapolis 500, they can't win the Super Bowl. Because you have fucking rules for them. Because you're a fucking <laughs> nag. You will never have anyone great. You want to support someone who's great or not? Good point. Great point. God, if I could go back in time, Tyson, I would be you. You're so cool. <laughs> Seriously, man. This is not nah, this dude. This is this is pretty. This is pretty sweet. I've been since I've been following you. I've been I've been loving loving it all. Man. Your kids are awesome. Whatever all Thanks. the stuff you do with them. It's all pretty freaking pretty sweet. Not a lot of people do it like that. Your dad doesn't know how much he influenced me, and if I bring it up, he gets all weird. Like if I'm on, <laughs> like if, if I'm on the phone, I'm like, dude, you taught me so much about parenting. I just loved how real you were with your kids, and blah blah blah. And yeah. he'll just be like, oh, wait, well, you, you change the subject. He don't like doing that mushy stuff with me, but I still do it with him. But yeah. it was huge how he talked to you. So most people, when they become adults, they try to pretend like they're adults. And your yeah. dad never pretended like he was an adult. Like basically all I ever saw was that he would protect you. But other than that, you were just another human being who like he just put hardship on you to make like he just pushed you. Yeah. And I saw him push your brother too. I remember being in like in that basement and him throwing fucking little red footballs at you guys. Just incessantly Dude, yeah. hard, hard. He actually he sent me a video of that. Uh the other, the other day back when we lived in shepherdstown um that little basement he throw three you you run you catch it throw it down catch another one catch another one and um yeah it's definitely things like things like that just go overlooked with just like the coordination that me and my brother have like aside from playing football me and ezra are probably in the top or close to it percentile in just overall coordination like you talking about dudes that can juggle, walk on their hands, backflips, freaking swim perfectly, 
uh, jump, catch, run, you know, just pull ups, muscle ups. Like it's just all that stuff to where it's like you do it and you don't think about it. But then it's like, ah, I know how to do all this because my dad was in the yard with me and my brother throwing a football 30 yards in the air and making us catch it and just stuff like that, that just, you don't necessarily think about, but when you do, it's kind of, it's, it's crazy. And he was strict, but funny. You know what I mean? Like I just, he talks to you guys, like he talks to me, like I can just see him throwing a pass at you and you dropping it and him calling you Joe, the donut or what's wrong. (laughs) What the fuck are you looking at over there on the wall? And and that's how I try to be with my kids too. Like be harsh with them, but also funny. Like what the fuck were you doing? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah, um, that's that's like exactly like even when he was my coach, like for youth football, like in youth football, we're the Razorbacks, probably because of his little his thing that he would do with getting he saw a player that he wanted. He go talk to his dad, like, yo, come over here and coach, come be a coach. And all of a sudden his son's fathered into the team, <laughs> grandfathered into the team. So it's just little stuff like like that to where I, I make a bad pass and I'm like 10 years old. Right. Nobody's expecting a 10 year old like nobody's expecting a 10 year old to be able to make every pass. But as soon as I would throw a wobbly duck or maybe throw it to the other team and just in practice, and he would just kind of look at me with this side eye and just be like, man, like, are you serious right now? Like, come on, dude. Like, wake up. Like, let's go. Meanwhile, everybody else on the team is just dicking around fucking around, <laughs> just all, all that stuff but it's just those little those little smart remarks like even during covid uh he had this little plate he had this this uh this building rented out um and you know we had everything you needed and we had we had bars rings pull-up bars dumbbells all that stuff so we were crossing where at home or at school so this is in no, no no this is in martinsburg so this is like covid like lockdown um from I guess it was for like from April, March, April of uh, 2020 all the way up until like, I guess, July, August uh, for us. Um, so he had this spot rented out. And since, you know, you couldn't do anything. we would just Who had it? Sorry, 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 Tyson. Who had it rented out? Your your dad did? My dad. Yeah, my dad had this like building because his for his you good, guys. Well, yeah, his good buddy has like this whole like this whole like strip of like buildings, and one of them happened to be like a little gym area. So he rented it out, got all like the the wow. machinery. He okay. got all the machinery taken out of taken out of it, and then we just had bumper plates, bars, rings, okay. pull up bars in there. So he, me and Ezra, and DM, and then um, just who's DM? Is that is that one of the players on your team? No, that's my that's my sister, DM. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, DM. Um, sorry, sorry. I thought yeah. you said DM. DM. Yeah. So, um, us three plus any other maybe Martinsburg High School player, any friends that I had, just we six days a week. If you could make it, cool. If you couldn't, you know, just piss off. But Monday through Saturday, we had, since we had nothing to do, we're just going. We're just going and we're crossfitting. He's programming all the workouts. He's doing all this. He's doing all that. Um, and yeah, we just free, we just went at it for that whole time. And it was like, it was so fun. Cause that was like, you just went to sleep thinking like, all right, like the workout tomorrow is about to be fucking, it's going to be brutal. Like it's hundred, hundred hang squat cleans with a 10 yard handstand walk every two minutes, just stuff like that. And then when Ezra, anytime Ezra would beat me, he kind of would do that same thing. Like, man, like, 
you're soft, man. How you gonna let you gonna let Ezra beat you? <laughs> blah, blah. And then and then all of a sudden, then that would cause me to go on like a, a five day workout run of just crushing Ezra. Then at, then then he looks at Ezra on the fifth day of me beating him, and he's just like, Man, I'm programming these workouts in your favor, and you still can't beat him. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I love Come it. on. And it's it's just stuff like that, just the the competitiveness, but also like the the goofy aspect to it that is just super awesome um so dm works out dm trains um i mean she is in no way shape or form does she train but my dad does my dad does like him because you know she's how old is she now how old is she 12 she's 13 she's 13 and uh you know she's a big she gets straight a's she's big she's smart you know she's in the show choir she's in the clubs like she's in she's in she's in uh oh i can't hear you i can't hear you i can't hear you Uh oh that's not good oh he's gone dude what a great kid I, i there's so many notes i have on him that we're not even getting to Hey man, that's the dude you want dating your daughter. If someone has a daughter out there who's cool, knows how to keep her shit in line and like fucking like she wants to be great too. Like she wants to be a pro soccer player. She wants to be president of the United States. That's the dude you want. Because that kid is focused. Holy crap. He's one more year. He's up for the Harlan Hill Award. It is the equivalent to the Heisman But it's for Division II college football teams. Harlan, H-A-R-L-O-N, Hill Trophy. It's weird uh, when you do a podcast, especially live shit, like this is the kind of shit like you're terrified of, you're dread. Like, oh, fuck, the guest is gone. What am I going to do? But like I'm getting just good at this shit. I can just like either I don't care or I've just gotten good at it. Device disconnected. I wonder if his – your battery die? Oh, fuck. Now I can't hear you. Oh, the fuck is going on? How about now? His high school won eight of its last 10 state championships. That's where Ezra, his brother, is going right now. Ezra Bajan, who's also a junior. Um, Travis, I, I was asking Travis uh, yesterday, is, is he going to go to his his son's high school championship game? Or is he going to go to um, Tyson's game? And I guess Travis is going to go to Ezra's game and mom and grandma are going to go to Tyson's game, which is – that's crazy. Yeah. Why, why is your dad going to Ezra's game? Um, And does that piss I mean, you off? Are you like, fuck you, dude. I'm big nah. time. No, nah, I mean I kind of expected – I kind of expected them to go. I mean he's playing in the state championship game. You don't necessarily get to do that a whole bunch in your life. Not a lot of people do. Um. But and it's going to be a good game too. They're playing. They're playing a pretty good team. Um, and you know, hopefully, if it all works out, he's going to go to Ezra's game this weekend, and he'll be back watching me next weekend after we win this game this weekend. So this team that you're playing this weekend is the team that you have your one loss to this year. It is. Yeah, Kutztown University. And what was the score last time you guys played? Thirty-seven to twenty-nine. And this is the regional championships. 
Yeah, regional championship, playing for a ring. And and then and then and then and then there's one. If you win this game, then there's another game you can win after that. And what's that one called? That's the semifinal, the national semifinals. So and then the game after that is the national championship. Wow. Yeah, and, the, and yeah, and and those. Have you ever been this far down the the path? I've never been this far um, in, in, in college. Um, in 2019, we won the first round of the playoffs, and then we got spanked in the second round. Um, but now here we are in the third round, so I've never been this far. How is it that you're – why are so many people um, thinking that you're going to win the Harlan Hill Trophy, but there's, um, there's four other teams out there that are – I mean – I mean, especially this team that beat you. Why isn't why isn't some guy on that team the 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 front runner for the Harlan Hill? Um, it's so it's it's a it's this cool thing where um we are, we are a really good team, but a lot of our offense is kind of is kind of ran through me and how successful I'm able to be. So a lot of these other teams just have a good a super good overall team who don't necessarily um who don't necessarily have to have their offense or defense ran through them. They just kind of have 11 solid dudes who just make their play and, you know, they go about their business. Uh, luck. I mean, for us, you know, we're constantly throwing the ball. So I'm constantly throwing touchdowns to an array of different dudes who are able to score once they get it. Um, so I think it's just a mixture of just like how good we've done this season and, how good the statistics look individually um, on my part, just based on how often we throw the ball and just how we play. So do they make the offense based on, I, I didn't think of that it that way. Do they make the offense based on the quarterback that they have, or do they make, do they try to find the quarterback to fit the offense they have? Or both? I think it kind of, it kind of depends on um, like what kind of offense you run. So for us, we run, we run the spread, spread offense, <laughs> You know, you've got four receivers, one quarterback, one running back. So when you get in a system like that, it, you could be really good if you have a really good quarterback. And you could be really bad if you don't have a good quarterback. And right. there's some offenses, like, for instance, there's a team and, and sorry, sorry, let me ask this real quick. So is that why you went to Shepard? You knew that they would do that for you? Or, like, would it suck if you would have gone to a college that had, like, the best running back in, in, in the um, division? It wouldn't. It wouldn't have sucked, but it, it wouldn't have been like the stati- the individual statistics probably wouldn't have looked as good. So, like in 2017, there was a quarterback at Shepard. His name was Connor Jessup, and he was, um, and you know, he was lighting it up. And I'm looking at their offense, and I'm watching everything he's doing, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm as good. I think I could be as good as that dude. So if I come here, like this is what will happen. This is what will happen with me. So kind of watching that in 2017 and just kind of based on their overall success in 2015 and 2016, um, I kind of knew that we could be a really good team and I could be put in a position um, to be able to, for just people to know who I am and potentially just get the eyes of like the pro level on me. Do your coaches tell you that? Like, like when you, when you like, maybe not when you first get there, but at some point they're like, Hey man, this, this, or is it just an unspoken known? Like, hey, man, this offense, you're either going to flourish here or it's going to expose your weaknesses and you're going to look like a doofus. Yeah, I think um, 
they just you know the whole recruiting process they kind of like they want to sell you so they're obviously selling me on their on their best stuff so like, hey like you know you saw what this dude did right we think you're just as good as that dude you come here you you throw the ball a bunch of times and we're gonna be really successful we're gonna put dudes around you that know how to score touchdowns once they get the ball and that's just how it's gonna be and then um so yeah I, i'd say that if i was not a very good quarterback especially you know fan football fans everywhere suck like they're the worst so i i definitely be getting like basically what have you done for me lately you throw 10 yeah. passes you're a star you throw one bad one they hate you yeah exactly like so i definitely there would be a lot of slander um if i wasn't um as good as i am especially in an offense like this when a dude gets through and, and mashes you uh, does the guy he got past take immediate responsibility for it and is like dude i'm so sorry and like he's picking you off the ground and dusting off your ass and shit yeah they'll yeah they'll usually they'll usually help me up it's not normally till after the game where they're like hey man like you know my bad on that just because you know you got to focus on the next play and stuff uh you don't want to think about um one play for too long because you know you've always got it's never as important as the next play that you're going to run so it's normally after the game they're like yeah man like dude my bad like i fucked up but not you're you're in a weird position not a lot not a lot of dudes go to uh the nfl from division two like not a lot at all yeah and get going to the NFL, it's even like even let like just no one goes to the NFL, right? I mean, just like you look at the numbers and that 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 funnel at the top gets so fucking skinny and narrow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, first of all, I'm making the presupposition because you said you want to keep playing. I'm assuming you want you would like to go to the NFL or at least get an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the guys that have gone before, I think three quarterbacks have gone, and I think from division two, and I think they were all Harlan uh Hill trophy winners. Multiple times, maybe even. Is that, is that, does that interfere with your ability to enjoy your games? Because you know that every game is a um, job interview in a really hard job interview. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, it definitely is stressful. And I'm definitely am every game trying to sell to everybody like what I'm capable of doing and what I can do. Um, but I think just being able to be super prepared, just so preparing myself throughout the week, kind of just getting ready for what I know I'm about to see, uh, like when the game comes around and um, just being able to understand that as long as I am as sharp as possible and play as hard as possible on ev on each individual play, um, that there's really no need to stress about, you know, the big picture of things when you're only focused on, hey, on this play, I got to do this, this, and that. So let's handle that, and then we'll figure out, you know, what happens at the end of the game. And that's kind of worked for me so far because, you know, it is stressful. Football is stressful. Football season is stressful. Being in the quarterfinals of the Division II National Playoffs is stressful. But just me being able to ease my mind with just – one, how prepared I am, and then two, just handling each play to the best of my capability kind of it just eases my mind. Is there stuff that your dad used to have you do as a kid that at the time you resented your dad and that you've already like I, I know you're still young, but you're like, oh shit, I'm so glad he had me do that. Like like is the story is the story of your youth changing yet? Do you have time to reflect on it? Like from what you tell yeah, yourself so is going on when you're a kid to how now you're 
starting to be like, oh shit, everything was different. Or maybe, or maybe even vice versa. Shit that he did that you thought was good then was like, hey, that was a fuck up. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> I can't think of anything that's like a big fuck up uh, that like kind of you know mess things up from where I am now. But I kind of there's probably there's two things that uh, come to mind. One is when I was in middle school and he had he owned uh, CrossFit 304. And that was in full swing. And after school, um, he was like, all right, let's go. We got CrossFit class. Let's roll. And there was a lot of days where I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, dude. Like, seriously, let me take a nap or something. Like, I hate CrossFit. Why are you making me do this shit? And that kind of has been like looking back on things like that and, you know, how he is with my brother kind of the same way. Um there's a lot of times in college, especially during like, you know, football season where I've got, you know, you got lifts in the morning, you got the couple classes you got to go to, then you got treatment meetings and practice, and then you got to come home and do homework. So it's like, when I think about it like that, like, oh, thank God my dad was making me do that bullshit uh, in middle school. Cause you know, now it's not nearly as hard as it would have been if he would have let me just come home and take a nap every day. Um, and then the second thing uh, would be just me being super um, just sharp with everything I do. Like, so I think um, with every 10, so my completion percentage, I'll just think about that is around 70%. So seven out of every 10 passes are being completed, successful plays. And I think that's kind of, that kind of stems from like, even in youth league, like I said, practice when I make a bad throw and he kind of looks at me like, come on, dude, like, what are you doing? So that's kind of how I view every play. Like where if I don't get a completion, it's either they played really good defense or the dude dropped it. Cause I'm trying to be as sharp as possible on every single play so that we can be successful. So I think those two things just hold me to a, a higher standard than everybody else that was around him. And, um, then the, um, the first one, fuck did I say about, um, yeah, just about uh, me not chilling, just just always, yeah. you know, moving around. Work ethic. He put work ethic yeah. into you. Exactly. I don't know if this is true. What I'm about to say, I don't. I, I really don't. But I'm just. I'm speculating. The I the little bit I know. Your mom. Your mom is a, like a hardcore nurturer. Like one, she's disciplined, and and, she, and she's a beautiful woman, and she clearly takes care of herself. Um, she clearly exercises, but, but she was a nurturer and your dad is, um, to call your dad an alpha is, is like an understatement. He's, he's super fucking, I mean, he's very loving. Don't get me wrong. He's the first dude to fucking hug me and put his arm around me. And he's the sweetest man ever, but man, the motherfucker could be aggressive as all get out. And like, if he yeah. comes like, like uh, one time there were two, I was at a, a party in it's a bar in Texas, a huge bar, no exaggeration, thousands and thousands of people. What yeah. crazy bar with like a live concert and the 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 bull and shit and there were two SEAL Team Six guys and we were in a private area with like a hundred drunk fucking people drunk and there were two SEAL yeah. Team Six guys in a in a face off with a U.S. Marshal like all fucking everyone's drunk as fuck all yeah. big dudes and your dad yeah. just walks right in be like face to face like it's gonna break out it's gonna be a fight like you know like when two dogs are barking on the other side of a fence. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, fuck, someone lift the fence up and let's see this shit. <laughs> Your dad walks in between them 
with no aggression, kind of put hugs the U.S. Marshal. He, the dude's probably a little taller than your dad, but not quite as broad in the shoulders. And your dad just kind of like slowly walks this guy over to a back door, opens the door, and just while the guy's still like the dog's still barking, pushes him out. <laughs> <laughs> closes the door and it was like to the outside right it was like some emergency <laughs> exit i'm like how the fuck did you do that he's like control i just you know he's all calm that does i'm just taking control say no one wants to fight i just take control and then it's over but for two people to stay together like that a couple like i, I um my wife and I were together for 10 or 15 years and uh, or longer, 20 years. And I'm very aggressive and she's very nurturing. And that's what I think this is self-serving as fuck. I think that's it's, although as a couple, it's hard to stay together like that. Once you have kids before you have kids, it's a fucking dream. Then you guys come and everything changes because the wife wants to protect you. And the dad's trying to like throw you out to the wolves. Yeah. yeah. And so if the parents are able to stay together through all through that intensity, this is what you get. You get Tyson, yeah. you get Ezra, you get Diem. What's the what's the fourth one's name? Valen. Valen, that's right. I knew that. Yeah, I'm gonna get shit for that from your dad. If he, no, if he that's made a, it that's far. that's actually that's actually it's it's funny you said that. Um, first, I mean, she that, loved the shit out of you. She had a total different yeah. way of loving you than your dad. I mean, she. Yeah. It's obvious she's the nurturer. Yeah. Sorry. The first thing ahead. I the first thing I thought about when you just said that is like when I first started playing football. So I was six years old. It was like this. It was like a couple months before I was gonna start playing football, and um, my dad had this buddy named Frankie Tyson who had a son who was a year older than me, named Frankie Tyson, who was the hardest seven-year-old dude in the history of seven-year-old <laughs> dudes. Like this dude was all gu- all gas, no brakes, headbutt people, like all this, right? So he had At already seven. Played- so he had already played a year, his six-year-old year of football. Now he's seven. He's about to go into second year of football. This dude would call Big Frank. He'd be like, hey, you know, come over to the house. Dude would come to the house. Kid would have his shoulder pads on. Dad would put me in my shoulder pads. And he would have his dude pound me. Like, we would do, like, four or five hitting drills. Dude, was just, he was just fucking me up, right? Like, I had never I – had, I had no aggression in me at the, at the time. Like, didn't know how to do it. But this dude, Frankie's lighting me up, and he didn't care that he was lighting me up at all. And like two, three times a week, I would either go to his house or he would bring him to my house, and he would just pound me, right? And my mom always would say, like, her and my aunt, like, would be at the house, and they'd like, they would be so mad at my dad. And like sometimes they would even like tear up and cry. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I get stuff, it. Right? So the, my six year old year happens. <laughs> And, you know, this is just one of those things where I'm like, dude, dad, like, I hate you. I cannot believe that you were. Did you hate this, right this kid, too? Did you hate this kid, too? It's like, funny. It's off. funny. Me. No, like me and this dude end up being we end up being really good friends for like my whole childhood. So then my seven year old season comes around and it's the first day of hitting and I'm mauling everybody. Like, I'm just I'm just <laughs> that guy. Right. So then it's just like even then it clicked. I was like, man. Thank goodness that he was bringing little Frankie over here to fucking abuse me for. Would you would you months. cry? Would you cry during those? Oh, dude, I was crying before it even started. Like every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel horrible for yeah. laughing. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, looking back on it, that's just one of the things that, you know, I don't necessarily know if that's how I would do it. 
to my right. kid, but right. I'm grateful that he did do that because it made me a good football player. I'm telling you, it wasn't easy for him. No dad's like, Oh yeah, no shot. I can't. Like, imagine. you don't want to see that. Like, it's weird. Like you don't want to see your. It's it's like now when I see Avi like crash in the bowl or something, he's skateboarding or, or something like, you don't you don't want to you want to run over there and help him get up, but you're just like, dude, like I'm not always gonna be here, and like yeah. I I gotta just like stand back and just. But you want to run over there, you want to help him so bad. There's probably times that kid probably hit you that Travis probably wanted to kick that kid and his dad across the street, <laughs> but he knew that like, yeah, bigger. Uh, bigger. Um. Before we go here, I want to talk a little bit more about the game that you have coming up this week. So you have this game. You have to win this game. It's the only team that's beat you this year. Where where can people watch this game? Um, so I think it'll be it, – obviously, it'll be on streaming on YouTube. Uh, there's also – if you go to the Shepherd University or the Kutztown University football page, you can find the live stream there. Um, and you know, it's the quarterfinals. It might be televised. It, it probably will be televised, but I'm not quite sure where yet. Um, but yeah, you can all, you can stream it pretty easily either on YouTube or on the shepherd or Kutztown football homepage. All right. And I'll keep people posted and shit. All you got to do is make another last minute touchdown like that. Yeah. Or not let it get to that point. Just beat them up so bad. Hey, do they ever end a football game because it's so lopsided or no? Nah, just that once it gets to a certain point, the clock just doesn't stop. It just keeps going. Oh, really? Yeah, but it, that's like a it, that it would have to be like I think it's like thirty-five or forty points or something like that. So that's the goal. Yeah, running clock. Hey, before you snap this play, are you shaking? Um, nah, nah, I wasn't no. shaking. Nah. I was Do you ever kinda, shake like, out I mean, there? Nah, I'm, I, I get real, I get really good butterflies before the game. Um, but then once the game starts, it's kind of just like, all right, like we're in it right after that first play. Yeah. My, my, it's, uh, my, um, my son's been doing jujitsu tournaments. He's done four or five now. And he tells me, he goes, he's like, yeah, right before I go out there, I'm like shaking. I go, what do you mean? I'm shaking. He goes, what do you mean? What do you mean? I go, he goes, he's seven. He goes, I'm shaking. I'm like vibrating. I'm like, oh shit, how do you do jujitsu like that? He goes, oh no, as soon as they say go, that shit stops. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I know. I'm like, dude, dude I never played a sport I, in my life. Yeah, that's how I get before like a CrossFit workout. Like, especially if it's going to be a hard one. I'm just like, I get like really nervous before that too. But it's just, once it starts, you just, you just get it done. I don't know what it is. Sorry, so there was only going to be one more question. There's one more th- uh, thing I, I want to convey. And I think it's like this, but you're on a team right now where everyone wants to do the same thing. Everyone, right? E- like everyone who's there wants to be there. It's so ri- – when I, when I first started working at CrossFit Inc. in the first 10 or 15 – 10 years I was there, everyone wanted to be there. And I just assumed that's how life was. But I'm yeah. going to tell you life is not like that. Like yeah. if you work at Starbucks, nine out of the 10 people who, who work there don't want to be there. If you work at CrossFit Inc. now, 50% of the people don't want to be there. And people are working because it's a job. When I work, when I worked there, it was like everyone had found God through CrossFit, right? Like yeah. it had somehow changed their life. So they just had to be there. And so 
what you're doing by pursuing your dream to keep playing football afterwards is to stay at that level where everyone you you that that I just realized this doing this show with you just now. That's the pinnacle of life. It's not whether you made it to the NFL or to uh, made a billion dollars. It's working somewhere where everyone wants to be there. So like I do that. Like I really was so excited to talk to you this morning, even though like I hate doing the podcast. Like I really yeah. want to be here and I really want it to be the best podcast. And like I'm doing like every guest, I just want them to like know that I cared because I because yeah. I want them to want to be here too. And so you're playing football and you're playing this game. And dude, don't I, I know you don't take it for granted, but it's so cool that you contribute to that. And like I encourage you to keep pursuing only places where you know everyone is going to want to be there because it, it all my friends who it, basically you know how they say you'll hear like oh i'm selling my soul or this place is sucking my soul dry that's because there's people who don't want to be there yeah yeah i agree and, that's, yeah and that's, that's and your important. dad didn't do that yeah. your dad your dad stayed with um dm Val, uh, valen um uh, tyson and ezra because he he wasn't going to sell his soul sorry i'm, yeah. I'm only going to be where i want to be yeah exactly so it's pretty cool yeah, that's awesome. All right. I'll bug you. You know what I was thinking about doing? Oh, shit. We didn't even talk about this. This will be the next show. Do you know who Nick Rodriguez is? I had him on the show. He's a fighter. I show, you, you, um, they, I, I, some, I don't know if it was you or the, uh, the guy who helps with the podcast. Um, but yeah, I saw a video of a <laughs> bad dude. Yeah. It would yeah. be cool. I, I want to circle back around. It'd be cool to have both you guys on and just talk about what it, um, he's 20. How old are you? 21. Okay. I think he's 25 and basically talk and he does an individual sport and you okay. do a team sport and we didn't get yeah. into any of that at all. And that's a subject that does interest me, but sometime in the future, maybe get the two of you on and, and, and talk about those things like girlfriends, distractions from cell phones, individual versus team, being hard on yourself, lessons learned, and just talk about, you know, uh, uh go, going through puberty while playing a sport, you know, just, yeah. just all the stuff that people will care about. Just yeah, get to just savages. Okay, cool. Anytime. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. I had a good time. Yeah, so good.